If you would, please uh, remain standing for uh, the reading of our scripture this morning. Our text is taken from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. Some of you may remember that the last time I preached here, my sermon had five points, entirely too many, and I promised you then that I would either preach just a one-point sermon or perhaps even a pointless sermon. Uh, I decided it would be better to uh, preach uh, just a one-point sermon this morning then to make it up for you uh, from uh, last time. So if you think about it, five plus one is six. So we're right on schedule. Let's look at what God has to say uh, to us in his word. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village he was met by ten lepers who stood as at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And they went, and as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. May the Lord add his blessing to this reading of his word. You may sit down. Last week I was having lunch by myself at a restaurant when a young family came in and took the booth behind me. And after they got settled in, I heard the father say, let's bless the food now. And then the whole family recited this simple prayer. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. I didn't know families still prayed that prayer. Because I was taught that prayer as a child. And Susan and I taught that prayer to our children. And I was impressed with the fact that these people were willing to publicly express their thanks to God. But I wonder how many people actually believe the words of that simple prayer. Not the God is great part. Hardly anyone will disagree that the God who created the universe and everything in it, the God who created all things, is great. But how many people really believe that God is good? 
that he is by his very nature good, always good, and only good. About a month ago, I got a message from a high school classmate of mine. She said that her husband had had to go into the emergency room for some abdominal pain that he was suffering. And while they were examining him, they found a life-threatening situation that required emergency surgery that thankfully did save his life. And this is what she wrote. And listen carefully. Once again, God proves himself good and faithful. Long story short, if they had not taken him then, I would be reporting his home going to heaven instead of God's mercy and grace. Do you hear what she's saying? She's saying that God is good because he spared her husband's life. But what if God had not spared her husband's life? Would that mean that God is not good? Remember what she said. Once again, God proves himself good and faithful. Long story short, if they had not taken him then, I would be reporting his home going to heaven instead of God's mercy and grace. Is God only good when circumstances work in our favor? In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will concerning you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is hard. No, no, it's not hard. It's impossible for us to do this unless we understand the character of God, that his very nature is good, that he is always good and only good. This is the point of the sermon this morning. It is only understanding the character of God that he is by his very nature good, always good, and only good, that we can be obedient to this command to give thanks in all circumstances. And I think the story of the ten lepers illustrates this. The physical condition of the ten lepers was terrible. And it was made worse by the fact that because of their physical condition, they were social outcasts. They were reduced to providing for themselves by begging or by scavenging 
in the garbage dumps. So you can imagine how they must have felt when they heard that Jesus was in the area. Obviously, they had heard about the great miracles that Jesus had done, and they were hopeful that Jesus would do the same thing for them. Jesus, they cried out from a distance, Master, have pity on us. And in typical fashion, Jesus did. He told them to go show themselves to the priests. This was an Old Testament requirement that people who were ceremonially unclean report to the priests for inspection so that they could be declared clean. And the text tells us that as they were going, they were cleansed. In other words, they were healed of their leprosy. A miracle which in that day and time was the equivalent of being raised from the dead. An amazing miracle. And yet only one of them returned to thank Jesus. Does that surprise you? It shouldn't. Because being thankful is not something that comes naturally to fallen men and women. Someone once said that thankfulness is an idiotic word. It's put in the dictionary, but it does not exist in the human heart. Does that sound cynical? It's probably pretty close to the truth. And the nine lepers who did not return to thank Jesus are a good example of this. The question is, why did the one leper return to thank Jesus? Why did the one person have a thankful heart? And you see, that's just the point. Is that I think that the reason this one leper returned to thank Jesus is that he did already have a thankful heart, in spite of his bad circumstances. There's an indication here in this text that this was a man who had already been touched by the grace of God because not only does he return to thank Jesus, but he returns glorifying God. This is a man who already understood the character of God. That he was by his very nature good. Always good and only good. A man who was thankful even as a leper and therefore thankful when God provided this healing from leprosy. Of course, the question we might ask is given the situation of lepers in that time... What would there be to be thankful for? And that's a fair question. But all of life is made up both of good circumstances 
and bad circumstances. And it's only having this understanding of the character of God that enables us to be thankful in all of these circumstances. Understanding that it is the very nature of God that he is good, always good, and only good. And he is a great God. And therefore controls all of these circumstances, both good and bad, for our good. Joseph learned this in the Old Testament. You'll remember the story of Joseph. He was uh, the most loved of all of Jacob's children. Jacob even uh, made him a coat of many colors to show the favor that he had for his son. That, that was a good thing. But on the other hand, that made his brothers jealous against him. And that was a bad thing because his brothers uh, kidnapped him and sold him into slavery in Egypt. That was a bad thing. But the person that bought him in Egypt was a captain of Pharaoh's guard. And he put Joseph in charge of his whole household. That's, that's a good thing. But then this captain of the guard, Potiphar, his wife accused Joseph unjustly of adultery. That's a bad thing. And it ended up that Joseph was in jail. That's a bad thing. But in jail, Joseph was such an outstanding person that he was in, put in charge of the whole prison. That's a good thing. And then Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker were also placed in prison, and Joseph got to know them and was put in a position of being able to interpret some dreams for them. That was a good thing. The baker, it turns out, was hanged. The carp bearer was released, just as Joseph had predicted. But when the cup bearer was released, he forgot Joseph. That's a bad thing. But later on, Pharaoh had a dream, and the cup bearer suddenly remembered that there was a guy in prison that could interpret dreams. And he told Pharaoh, about that, and Pharaoh called for Joseph to come and interpret his dream. That was a good thing, and as a result of that, Joseph rose to be the second most powerful man in the kingdom of Egypt. That, that was a good thing. But Joseph himself, after he confronted his brothers over the bad thing they had done to him in selling him into slavery in Egypt, he said to them, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. In other words, Joseph remained a thankful person throughout his entire life, whether the circumstances were good or the circumstances were bad. Why? Because he understood the character of God, that he was by nature good always good and only good, and that he controlled all circumstances, good and bad, for the good of Joseph, and ultimately, of course, for the good of the whole nation of Israel.
And so it must have been, I think, with this one Samaritan leper, that he already had a thankful heart, that he understood the character of God. And therefore, he expressed thanks to Jesus for his healing. Life is made up both of good circumstances and bad circumstances, but whatever the circumstances, we are commanded to always give thanks. Do you remember Job in the Old Testament? Can you imagine how he must have felt when he received the news that all of his children had been killed? And this was not a man who did not have a good relationship with his family. This was a man who loved his children, and his children in turn loved him back. We're told that Job prayed every day for his children. So can you imagine how devastated he must have felt at the time? A terrible circumstance in this man's life and yet in the midst of that he says to the Lord the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away blessed be the name of the Lord I can't even begin to imagine how he said those words or the emotions that must that he must have felt. I don't think he said those words lightly. And I don't think he said them loudly. But he said them. Because he understood. The character of God. That he is always good. And only good. You see. Bad circumstances are bad. There's no denying that. But our hurt and our tears do not cancel out thankful hearts. At the conclusion of this service, we're going to sing a classic Thanksgiving hymn entitled, Now Thank We All Our God, written by Martin Rinkert. Martin Rinkert was a pastor in Eilenburg, Germany in the early 1600s during the famous 30 years war in 19 or excuse me in 1637 not only was Eilenburg packed with refugees from the war but a plague broke out and then famine there were four pastors in Eilenburg Germany one of them took off for better places and Martin Rinkert officiated at the funeral of the other two. So he was the only pastor in this whole city. He conducted as many as 40 to 50 funerals a day that year, one of them being his own wife. And yet he could write this beautiful hymn of thanksgiving to God. You see, our hurt and our tears... Do not rule out thankful hearts. 
in more recent days, I think of somebody like Johnny Erickson, a young lady who became a quadriplegic and who went through some terrible times. And yet, at the end of all of that, she could say this, I'm really thankful that he, that is God, did something to get my attention and change me. You know, you don't have to get a broken neck to be drawn to God. But the truth is, people don't always listen to the experiences of others and learn from them. I hope you'll learn from my experience, though, and not have to go through the bitter lessons of suffering which I had to face in order to learn. She's thankful. The hurt and the tears that she experienced didn't rule out a thankful heart. And of course, the epitome of all of this is the Lord Jesus himself, who the scripture says that on the night in which he was betrayed, on the worst night of his life, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had broken it, he gave thanks. I wonder if they said that prayer. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. There is always a reason for thankfulness, even in bad circumstances, because of the character of God. He is always good and only good. And he controls all circumstances for our good. But we are told to give thanks in all circumstances. And maybe we think it's hard to give thanks in bad circumstances, but is it any easier to give thanks in good, circ in good circumstances? And no, it is not, because remember that thankfulness does not come naturally to fallen men and women. Thankfulness, as the man said, is an idiotic word. It's put in the dictionary, but it does not exist in the human heart. And the other nine lepers are a good example of this. The other nine lepers illustrate the point that the more we have the less likely we are to be thankful. That's a paradox, isn't it? But it's true. The more we have, the less likely we are to be thankful. God warned the Israelites about this back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. He said there, When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And of course, Israel did forget their God. And they were not thankful to the God who had given them so much. Our own country is an illustration of this. 
I still hear people praying, God bless America. But nobody seems to acknowledge the fact that God has blessed America. More so than perhaps any other nation that has ever existed on the face of this earth. And have we ever been thankful? No. By and large, we have not been thankful and we have followed in the steps of Israel forgetting the God who has given us so much. Cotton Mather, one of the Puritans, said, and he said this several hundred years ago, he said, religion has given birth to prosperity and the daughter has devoured the mother. We are so rich. We have so many good things to enjoy, but are we a thankful people? By and large, we're not. Because thankfulness does not come naturally to fallen men and women. We need to have an understanding of the character of God, that God is by his very nature good, and always good, and only good, in order to be able to be obedient to this command, to give thanks in all circumstances. I read this story about a young lady a couple of weeks ago. Her name is Kay Bothell. She was a senior in high school, and her whole class was given the assignment to write an essay on what they would do if they knew that they just had seven days left to live. And I'm not going to read you the whole essay, though it's certainly worth reading, but I just want to point out a few things because the letter is filled with all kinds of expressions of thankfulness. She starts off by saying, today I live, one week from today I die. If a situation such as this came to me, I probably would weep. You see, hurt and tears do not rule out a thankful heart. And then she says, on the second day I would awaken early in order to see the rising sun, which I had so often cast aside to gain a few more minutes of coveted sleep. I would continue throughout the day to visit family and friends, telling each one, I love you and thank you for the part you've played in my life. She says, on the fourth day, I would prepare my will. All sentimental things I possess, I would leave to my family and friends. I would spend the rest of the day with my mother. We have always been very close, and I would want to especially assure her of my deep gratitude for her tremendous impact on my life. She says, on Friday the fifth day, I would spend the rest of the day visiting those who are ill, silently being thankful that I know no pain, and yet I know my destiny. Stop and think about that. This is somebody that was confronted with a hypothetical that she only had seven days left to live. And that forced her to think 
about the goodness of God. That God had always been good to her and only good to her. And even at this hour when she knows her destiny, that she is about to die, she is still thankful. Now this was just a hypothetical. But seven days after she wrote this essay, Kay Bothell was in an accident and died. We all have the opportunity to cultivate thankful hearts. Hopefully, we will have more than seven days to do that in. But stop and think of all the things that we have to be thankful for. Regardless of whatever bad circumstances you're going through, think of all the good things that have happened in your life. Think of the parents that God gave you. Of the love that they showed you. Think of your relatives. The kindness that they showed you. The help and the encouragement that they gave you. Think of all of the people that you have known throughout your life, your school teachers who helped you, classmates who encouraged you and were supportive of you. There are so many things for us to be thankful for. Somebody said one time, every human being is born alone, lives alone, dies alone, You must never take anyone who enters your life for granted. Kindness is not something that is due you, nor friendship, nor tenderness, nor love. If somebody gives you kindness or warmth, you must cherish that as the greatest possible gift. I look around this congregation and I think of all of the kindness you have shown me. Of all of the ways that so many of you have encouraged me, how you've enriched my life. Last week, uh, uh, Laura played, well, you do it every week, a beautiful offertory. And I heard so many people going up to her and saying thank you. But there are so many other people in the church that also are benefiting us and helping us. And yet, how often do we say Thank you to someone like Heath who leads us in worship every Sunday morning. To those who help in terms of the music, enhancing our worship. To some of those who are perhaps uh, not as visible. Joy Denley who works continuously in the kitchen. I can't mention everyone by name But Janet, who spends hours working on the books for us, for our, and I I am thankful for Janet because she writes the checks too. Uh, And, but, but so many people that we need to express our thanks to. Because they have helped us. They have benefited us. And the Bible requires us to be thankful for these kind of people. 
to be thankful in all circumstances. If nothing else, maybe you should be thankful for the fact that the Sherwood police don't sit on bear paw here and arrest everybody who goes over 20 miles an hour coming up that hill. You see, if you stop and think about it, there are all kinds of things to be thankful for. We're about to be done before quarter to 12. That's something to be thankful for, and there's a great feast that awaits us downstairs. Just remember this. Beyond all these circumstances, we have a great God. And yes, we do have a good God. A God who is by his very nature good, who is always good and only good. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we have already confessed this morning that we are not a thankful people and we do so again. Father, we want to be a thankful people because we know this is pleasing to you. It glorifies a great and a good God to be thanked. Lord, help us to cultivate this attitude. And to be able to pray with the Apostle Paul, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen.